Good morning, New Life Church, and welcome to online service. We are delighted that you are here with us today to hear God's word. Let's just dive straight into God's word and open up with prayer. Father, we just thank you for this day that you have blessed us with. We thank you for this august group of people that are tuning in to hear the word of God. Lord, we thank you that Isaiah 48 says the grass will wither and the flowers will fade, but your word will stand forever. So we thank you for the promises that you have given us that we can stand on your word and thank you in advance for what you're about to do in this online service. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to dive straight into God's word. David was speaking in Psalms 37, 25. He said, I once was young, but now I am old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. David, it was almost like David was looking back over his life and he was reminiscing and remembering the times that God brought him out of certain things. And, and we know 1 Samuel 13, 14 says that David was a man after God's own heart. But David would look back, I mean, being ostracized by his father, being rejected by his brothers, uh, involved in immorality and all these things. He missed the mark several times. But David, through all that, through all the mess and the discouragement, all the negativity, David could still say that the Lord is with us every step of the way. He said, I once was young, but now I am old. He was reflecting on his life and seeing the goodness and the faithfulness of God. And I think we as Christians, especially during this time, we need to look back and see the faithfulness of God and see the goodness of God and realize that God's with us every step of the way. One of the names of God in the Old Testament, which I love, is Ezekiel 48, 35, says he's Jehovah Shammah, for the Lord is there. In other words, the Lord is there with us no matter what we are facing, no matter what we are going through, no matter what's coming our way, no matter how big the storm is, how big the giant is, how big the mountain is. God said, I am with you every step of the way. In the New Testament, it refers to Jesus in Matthew 1, 23, Emmanuel, God with us. And then Hebrews 13, 5 says Jesus will never leave us nor forsake us. So Paul said that through all these things, he said through this light affliction, he said, I can understand and trust that God's going to be with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So as David was reflecting over his life and he was seeing the goodness of God, he was reminded, he reminded himself that, hey, no matter what I'm going through, I know God's with me through the thick, through the thin, through the up times, the down times, in the battle, out of the battle, on the mountain, in the valley, no matter what I'm facing, I'm so thankful I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. David made this statement in Psalms 139, verse 8. He said, if I ascend up in heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. In other words, there's the omnipresence of God, which simply means that God's with us no matter what we're going through, no matter what we're facing. Maybe you don't sense God's presence. Maybe you don't sense uh, His anointing. Maybe you don't sense the Holy Spirit being with you. But rest assured, you can know that God is with you. Look at the person that you're sitting beside right now, whether it's your spouse or whether it's your child, and say, God is with us. And when you say that, allow that to just be or resonate in your spirit that, hey, God is with us. David said in the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why, David? 
Why aren't you going to fear evil? Why aren't you going to feel the COVID, uh, fear the, the COVID-19 uh, um, the pandemic? Why aren't you afraid of losing your job? Why aren't you afraid of, of getting a, a bad report from the doctor? He said, well, I'm not going to afraid because I'd be afraid because the Lord is with me. Thy rod, thy staff, thou comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over Surely goodness and mercies will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David said that when I go through the valley of the shadow of death, God is going to be with me every step of the way. So that allows me to know, to understand in God's word that no matter what I am facing right now through these circumstances in my life, that God's presence is going to be with me every step of the way. That's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10, 12, he said, therefore, if any man thinks he can stand, let him take heed lest he fall. For no temptation has overtaken thee except such as common to man. But God is faithful. That's one thing that you can take to the bank. That's one thing that you can uh, rest your head on your pillow at night and fully understand that God is faithful. And if he made the promise of Matthew 28, 20, teaching them to observe whatsoever things I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the ends of the earth. If he made that promise, then that lets me know that no matter what I am personally going through right now, whether I'm facing afflictions, whether I'm facing um, possible layoffs or furloughs or cutting back on the job, they've reduced overtime, all these things. No matter what I'm facing, I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Then we can go on and, and also say this, as David was reflecting over his life, we can also say not only is God with me, but God surrounds me. What do you mean? Well, when David was in, uh, being attacked by Saul, and I mean, he was discouraged. Saul was trying to kill him and take his life. David said over in Psalms 142, when he was in the cave of Adalon, he said in verse four, he said, I looked on my right hand and beheld and there was no man there that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. In other words, David felt destitute. All the people that told him that, David, I'm going to be with you in the battle. I'm going to be with you through thick and through thin. I'm going to be with you in the mountain. I'm going to be with you in the valley. No matter, David, I've got your back. But David, during this time, he was saying, where are these people that said they had my back? Where are the individuals that said they would go with me even until the ends of the earth? Where are these individuals? And David said that nobody cares for my soul. Then he drops down in the verse 7. In Psalms chapter 142, and he said, bring my soul out of prison that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. With me. Then David goes on to say, he says there in verse seven, he said, listen, I felt like I was all alone. I felt like no one was with me. But then he began to encourage himself and, and he said that God is all around me. God surrounds me. That's why Psalms 34 and 7 says, And the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him, for he delivereth him. God sends angels to protect us. Do you ever read over in 2 Kings chapter 6 when Elisha the prophet and his servant were uh, camping in the valley and they were in the tent? And the king of Syria sent out an army to destroy the children of Israel and to destroy Elisha and the servant. And Elisha's servant looks out the tent and he sees that they are completely surrounded by the enemy. 
I mean, the numbers were against him. The odds were stacked up against him. And he goes back and he tells Elisha, he said, Elisha, listen, there's there's a great number out there. There's a great army out there that they have been sent to kill and destroy us. And and, and, I mean, to just bring harm and affliction to to our people. And Elisha said in verse 16 and 17, he said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see that he that is with us is greater than he that is against us. And we know the story that the servant peeked out the tent and all of a sudden he saw, I mean, he saw chariots of fire. He saw the angel of the Lord. He saw the army of God surrounding them and they were a greater number than the enemy that was coming against him. I know we can't see in the spiritual realm at all times. Maybe God will give us a glimpse. But if you could just get down in your spirit and realize that God is greater in number. He has a greater army. He has a greater authority. He has a greater power. And he is surrounding you right now to instill inside of you his love, his joy, his peace. I mean, all the fruits of the spirit. But whenever you begin to open your eyes, you can see that, listen, that they that are with us are greater than they that are against us. That's why Matthew 19, 26 says, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Mark 9, 23 says, all things are possible to them that believe. Ephesians 3, 20 says, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask or think, according to his power that works within you and I. The greater number is on your side. Romans 8, 31. Then what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who could be against us? Romans 8, 37 says, Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And verse 38 says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principality, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. David said, I once was young, but now I am old. He's reflecting over his life and seeing the faithfulness and the goodness of God that's been bestowed upon his life. And that's what I'm going to challenge you today in, in, during today's message. I want us to look back and reflect. Now, sometimes reflection or remembrance can be bad and sometimes it can be used for good. In other words, it would be bad, really, really bad if I did not remember my wedding anniversary. My wife, I mean, she would make me sleep on the couch. It would be really bad. And one thing about the bad things as far as remembering, Paul said in Philippians 3.12, not that I have already attained or have already perfected. He said, but I lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has laid hold for me. My brethren, I do not count myself to have already apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching towards those things which are ahead. I press toward the mark for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. In other words, Paul said the things that try to hold you back and keep you uh, from uh, fulfilling your destiny or your purpose or the plan of God for your life. Those things that are trying to hold you back, he said, forget about those things. That's why Revelation 12:10 says refers to Satan as the accuser of the brethren who goes before God accusing you and I both day and night. In other words, he's always going to bring up your past. He's always going to bring up your faults, your failures, and all the mistakes that you've made. But I've heard this um, since I was a young child. I've heard preachers say, anytime the enemy reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. 
Revelation 20 and 10 says, And the devil who deceived him was cast into a lake of fire where the beasts and false prophets are, and he shall be tormented day and night forever and forever. So when the enemy comes in and tries to bring up your past, don't allow him to dig that up. Forget about those things. But remember in the past, I mean, as, as a married person, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says, love keeps no record. If my wife makes a mistake, it's not my responsibility or my duty to remind her every so often of the mistake that she's made. Now, I will say this during the self-quarantine, I have made a tremendous uh, mistake. And my wife, uh, we were we were home one day and I thought my five and six year old sons, you know, they're a little older. I thought it would be a great opportunity for them to watch one of my favorite movies that I watched back in the 80s when I was a child. And the, the movie that I that I loved watching was The Karate Kid. And so we know the story. I mean, it's a clean movie. It's the epic battle of good versus evil, right versus wrong. And so I allowed my boys to watch that movie and they love it. I mean, they were just completely inundated with karate. They don't know anything about karate. They've never taken karate, but somehow they became experts in karate. And when we're um, so over the past couple of weeks after they watched the movie, anytime I'm walking through the house or walking in the, uh, into the living room, I may get a karate chop to the back of the neck or maybe I get a roundhouse kick to the back. Backside, and my wife will cons consistently and constantly remind me, I told you not to allow them to watch that movie because now, I mean, we're just being attacked from every angle. And I know some of you are laughing so hard right now. You've just spit out your coffee in the bed because you're laying in the bed watching this service. But there's some things that we got to forget and there's some things we don't. In other words, Proverbs 3, 1 says, my children, forget not the law of the Lord. He was, Solomon was writing there and he was saying, don't forget about the goodness of God. Psalms 1.1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law, and in his law doth he meditate both day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. In other words, David was saying, meditate on God's word. Meditate on God's goodness. Meditate on God's faithfulness. Philippians 4 and 8 says, And whatsoever is of a good report, meditate or think on these things. I choose to think on the goodness of God. I choose to think about God's grace. I choose to think about God's mercy. When I get up every morning, I make a conscious decision that today I'm going to serve God and I'm going to choose to think about the goodness of God. Joshua 24, 15 says, Choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So in other words, I'm going to make a decision that I'm going to think about the goodness of God. Number one, I want you to always remember three things that we can remember. There's a plethora of things to remember. But number one, remember that Jesus is still Lord. You need to get that down in your spirit. Philippians 2, 9 says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That name is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. God knew what was going to happen Weeks ago, months ago, today and tomorrow. As Isaiah 46.10 says, Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things which are yet done, saying, My counsel will stand and I will do all my good pleasure. Acts 15.18 says, Known to God from eternity 
or all of his works. In other words, this COVID-19 hasn't um, surprised God or the Holy Spirit. It's not that they didn't recognize or realize these things were going to happen or, or come to play. God knew those things were going to happen. And during that time, he was saying through this, through all this, through everything that you're facing, through everything that you're going through, you can realize that I will be your strength because I am still Lord. Psalms 46 one says that God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth be removed and the mountains cast in the sea, I shall not fear what man does to me. In other words, whenever we recognize and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid of what's going on around us. David said in Psalms 27, 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. In whom shall I fear? In whom shall I be afraid of? During the... Um, Recession back in the uh, 2000s. I think it started in 2007 and ended in 2009. So I was at work. It was it was actually uh, sometime in 2008. And I was standing around with some co-workers and they were talking about how bad the recession was and how high the gas prices were and how much how expensive milk was and bread was. And they were talking about all this negativity. And I was just standing there and I didn't say a word. And as they spoke for a few minutes, they looked at me and they said, we've noticed that you haven't said anything. Don't you agree with what we're saying? Doesn't it seem like that everything's chaotic and falling apart? And everything they said in the natural seemed correct. And I started to agree with them. And as soon as I started to agree with them, the Holy Spirit just, just checked me and said, keep your mouth shut right now. Don't you agree with them? Because if you agree with them, that old victimized spirit's going to come on you. Don't you agree with them? And you know what? I, say, I spoke up with boldness. Proverbs 28, 1. The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. And I spoke up. I said, you know what? That's one way of looking at it. I said, but you know, I, I don't see it that way. I said, it doesn't matter how high the gas prices go. It doesn't ma matter how expensive milk is or bread is or any of these things. I said, I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. I said, God's still faithful to his children. And I don't want God to bring the gas prices down to my level. I said, I would rather believe God to give me an increase in pay so I can make more money money to bring it up to the to the level of price and uh, to the gas price. And they looked at me and they said, you know what? What you said is correct. They said that I never saw it that way. I never thought about it that way. I said, well, Jesus said in Matthew 15, 18, those things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile the man. I had the opportunity at that moment of becoming a, a thermo thermometer and just agreeing with him. But I chose to be a thermostat and set the room temperature and say, listen, Job 13, 15 says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I don't care what comes my way. I don't care what I face. I'm still going to trust God to get me through. That's why David said, I once was young, but now I am old. In other words, I'm older and I'm wiser and I can look back and reflect on this and see the goodness of God and see the faithfulness of God and see the mercy of God and see the favor of God on my life. So number one, all, you've got to remember that Jesus is still Lord. Number two, remember what God has brought you through. 
Don't forget about the goodness of God. Don't forget about what God's done in your life. Don't forget. I mean, had it not been for God, you would have died in the hospital. Had it not been for God bringing you through, you would have died from that collapsed lung. Had it not been for God, you would have lost your mind in that divorce. Had it not been for God who kept you safe, you, I mean, you would have went crazy when you got laid off or they cut back your work or, or you got furloughed or fired from your job, whatever it may be. Don't forget that you are still alive. You are still standing. You still got a song down on the inside of you that only you can sing. You've got something down on the inside of you that doesn't matter. No person, no pandemic, no enemy, no devil can steal that from you because you've got something deeper. You've got joy. First Peter 1 8, uh, unspeakable and full of glory. You've got something on the inside of you that you can draw them from and see that God is faithful and God will bring you through this. Romans 2.11, for God is no respecter of person. In other words, if he's done it for others, he can do it for you. Now, when I was a young boy, probably around 10 years old, I'll never forget, work was slow for my father. He was a contractor. And this was one of the first times I ever seen my father upset. At this time, he wasn't serving God, but my mother was. She took us to church. And I'll never forget, my dad was upset because we didn't have any money. And we were down to the last... Uh, bowl of pinto beans. I mean, that's all we had left in the cabinets. And I'm going to say something that's going to offend a lot of people and it's going to upset a lot of people. And you may turn off the broadcast right now, but I cannot stand eating pinto beans. I know that sounds blasphemous or sacrilegious because I'm a, a hillbilly from West Virginia, but I can't stand eating pinto beans. This is why. Because my mind, every time I eat pinto beans, my mind goes back to my childhood where we didn't have a lot. I mean, God met our needs. He supplied all of our needs. I mean, we, we had enough to get by, but it reminds me of the struggle, the, the anguish and all those things that my father endured during that time. So my father was upset and he left the house and told my mother, we don't have any food. We don't have any income. Not sure what to do. And I'll never forget that my mother left the kitchen, went into her bedroom and she knelt down by the bed and started to pray. The reason I know this, because I was walking by her bedroom to go to my bedroom and the door was cracked open and she was quoting. This is one of the first scriptures I committed to memory as a young boy was Psalms 37, 25. I once was young, but now I am old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. And as she was quoting that, she was saying, God, you know what we need. You supply all of our needs. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to be anxious about it, but I'm going to trust you. Before my mother finished her prayer, there was a knock at the door. I went over and answered the door and it was my two great aunts who were in their 80s at that time. And they said, Billy, where's your mother? And I said, well, let me go get her. So mom comes out and they said, Francis, we were in the neighborhood and we just felt like we needed to bring you something. So we went out to the car, she, me and my mother and my brother and some of my siblings. We went out to the car. The back seat was full of groceries. The trunk was full of groceries. The front seat, they were holding groceries. The car was full of groceries. Before my mother finished her prayer, God brought provision into that situation. And I'm glad Genesis twenty two fourteen 14 says he's Jehovah Jireh, Lord God, my provider. You can see the faithfulness of God. And also number three, we'll close out with this. Remember God's peace. Remember God's peace. Philippians 4 and 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto God for the Lord is at hand. Verse six, be anxious for nothing. 
But with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Verse eight, for the God of peace who surpasses all understanding will protect or guard your hearts and minds through the Lord Jesus Christ. How can you have peace right now? Well, I've learned to trust God. Anytime I've been through a battle, I've been through a, a situation. I'm not saying that Satan hasn't tried to attack my mind and come against me, but I've learned that my peace doesn't come from the world. Jesus said in John 14, 27, he said, the peace I give you doesn't come from the world, but it comes from the Father. So the peace that I have during a situation is my peace is I know that everything is all right with my soul. Jesus is my Lord. And I know God's going to get me through this. God got my ancestors through the bubonic plague. God got my ancestors through the, the Spanish flu. And I know God's going to get me through this situ situation because he's faithful to perform his word for his children. So you can have peace in the midst of the storm. Do you ever read over Mark chapter four and verse 35 that when Jesus told his disciples to get into the boat, he said, let us go to the other side. Now that right there should have been enough. God's word, Jesus spoke and said, let us go to the other side. They should have taken it to the bank it's sealed. It's done. We're going to make it to the other side. So they get out into the boat. Jesus goes into the bow of the ship and he takes a nap. I mean, he's down there and he's having a good time. He's drooling all over his pillow. And the disciples recognize that there was a big storm that was just rocking the boat back and forth, back and forth. And Peter, one of the disciples goes down and says, verse 38 and 39, Lord, carest not that thou that we perish? In other words, he was saying, Lord, don't you care? Don't you care that we're perishing? Don't you care that I'm about to lose my job? Don't you care they cut out my overtime? Don't you care that I'm quarantined? Don't you care that there's a pandemic going on? Don't you care that I'm facing divorce? Don't you care that I'm in the hospital right now? Don't you care that I have no money, nothing to reach out to? And the Lord gets up and he says, verse 38 and verse 39, he said, peace be still. And all of a sudden the winds and waves, I mean, they laid prostrate before the Lord and they just ceased right there because Jesus spoke a word in that situation. How can you have peace? This is why I have peace. Back to my first point, because God is with me every step of the way. What did David say in our opening text? I once was young, but now I am old. I have never, I have never, I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. God's not going to start with you by leaving you high and dry. God's not going to forsake you. God's not going to let you down. God's not going to destroy you, but God is going to be with you every step of the way. And you can stand on the word of God and realize that 2 Corinthians 1 20, that all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. So we've got to speak the word just like Jesus spoke to the storm. You and I have got to speak the word. What does God's word say about the situation? Exodus 12, 13 says that when I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague shall destroy you. Psalms 91, 7 says thousand may die beside me, but 10,000 at my right hand, but no pestilence or no disease will destroy me. I'm going to speak what God says about the situation. I'm going to speak that I am more than a conqueror. I'm going to speak that Deuteronomy 8, 18 says, for it is he that gives you the power to get wealth. And he also goes on to say in Deuteronomy chapter 8 that we are blessed coming in and blessed going out, blessed in the city and blessed in the field. We're the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. I'm going to choose to be a victor and not a victim during this time and realize that my hope is in Christ Jesus. My peace is in the Lord. And I'm going to thank 
think about everything that he's brought me through. That's the faithfulness of God. If you're here today listening online and you've never made a commitment to God or maybe you knew Jesus at one time and you've walked away, I want to introduce you to a man that will change your life. Romans 3.10 says, and as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, but the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Then Romans 10.13 says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Call on his name today. Ask Jesus to come into your heart to save you, forgive you of your sins and your transgressions and make him Lord of your life. And I assure you that when you find yourself going through a difficult time, you can say, wait a minute. God has never forsaken me. He's with me in the battle. He's with me in the storm. He's with me in the persecution. He's with me through the pandemic. And God's going to see me through this. Father, once again, we thank you for this day, for this message that you have given us to help us rest, rest assured and understand that you're with us. You won't forsake us. You're going to help us through these difficult times. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that as the body of Christ, we become unified, get together in the name of Jesus, lifting you up, glorifying you and thanking you, Lord, that you're going to see your children through this difficult time. You're going to see us through the Lord that when we're going to get on the other side, you're going to turn around our captivity and we're going to start laughing and rejoicing because of your goodness and your faithfulness. Father, we love you and thank you for it. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the word of God. Be blessed in Jesus name.